Hello folks, welcome along once more to our latest offering here on the Irish F1 show in association with PFT Traveller, good friends who've been with us from day a dot. I would like to welcome along Tech and Tools as well, who've been a good friend of ours over at the Irish Rally podcast along with PFT Travel and have jumped across here for the rest of the year with the Irish F1 show. Shout out to Palastories.e, Richard Carney Engineer, Deliver It, KSNPM, Rapco as well. And you can get us on social media at Irish F1 show. Mike Dermody and Barry Rabbit join us this evening. Richie Carney's a bit under the weather, but boys, you're very welcome. How's things? All good. Welcome along, Mike. How are we? All good. It's good to see you all. Yeah, Mike, I'll start with you. It's been a while. Uh, we made a hash of your business now last time out when we were trying to promote it. So, uh, firstly, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no harm done. No it's harm on, done. It's on the screen there, aren't you? So, for sharing a short is, little yeah. bit, um, at least people will be able to read it, even if they, they can't hear us say it correctly or understand what we're talking about, which is kind of the case for most episodes anyway. So, kind of it's the bill, I suppose. But, um, yeah, look, Mike, it's been a while since you were with us. What have you made of it all so far this year? Um, well, I suppose if you certainly if just just the racing in general, I mean, um, it's it's like Max is just he's in that class of his own. He's just driving away from everybody. You could put him in that house and he'd probably still nearly put the thing on a podium, you know, as bad as it is. So like really it's it's about the best of the rest then after that. And, it's, you know, um, <clears throat> Perez looked very, very dodgy there for a while. Certainly uh, he's qualifying. Didn't uh, he didn't help himself a whole lot, and I don't know if he was probably getting the right support from the team either. But um, you know, it, it's been from it's been about the racing has been about midfield. It's been about the middle of the field. Even yesterday's race, the best racing was for for like eight, nine, ten position. You know, it was it's 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 getting hard to to really really look at the front. You just because I don't think Max was on the t on the screen for what. 15% of the race yesterday. He was just gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So probably from about what? Laps, it was a lap 17 he got, he took the lead. Uh, yeah. And it's like, and he, until he took the checkered flag, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's gone. Yeah, there's such so, an, uh, what do you call it, an inevitability about that too, I suppose. Whenever you see it happen, it's like, it's highly unlikely there's going to be any sort of a change here. Bar that one moment, of course, where, a bit of a brown togs moment, but uh, just goes to show how tricky yeah. or it is, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, simple as that. But um, was there a little, Barry? Is there a little bit of luck in catching that there that time, or is that skill? Ah, uh, skill, pure and simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it's. I think they might have picked up on it in the, in in the sky commentary or one of the commentaries I heard. Anyway, it's it's just it's it's skill coupled with, just um, kind of subconscious reactions. Um, I think it was Martin Brundle said, if you're if you're waiting for your eyes to tell you. You're, you're out of shape it's already too late so yeah that'd be just something you'd have you'd have felt and dealt with and wouldn't even he wouldn't have known that had happened until after it happened if that makes sense he just dealt with it in the in the in the in real time and then kind of afterwards he went jesus that was that was a close one you know um so it's yeah just just scale combined with react reaction it's the, the funny thing about catching a slide like that is is that you'll see if you if you put a a toddler into a little some sort of little cart or of some description, anything at all with four wheels, and it goes the back of it steps out. It's a human human fairly basic reaction to steer into the side. That's that's actually fairly natural to 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 humans, I suppose, you know, of any of any side. It's the the scale of it is knowing how much to turn into it and most importantly when to stop turning into it and, and, and you don't get spat out the other way, which is you know, 
if you're if you're if you're going to a right hander and you put it left hand opposite lock in, the key is knowing when to take the lock off, um, at exactly the right moment. That's that's the real yeah. skill, more so than the, the the initial input of the opposite lock. So, Max, exactly. uh, Max probably had a half a millisecond window in terms of when to get that lock back off, or it would have been. 90 degrees left and you know exit stage left as they say in the theater and, and into a wall so that's where the real skill is the catching it is the first only the first step yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think you've had a few moments like that lads yeah 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 more than a few yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't anything as quick as mac to catch it max to catch it either to be fair <laughs> no 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 but like the, the thing about it is is it's funny it's it's that that was a visual, a fairly obvious visual one of it, but on a on a proper fast lap in, in anything, the car is always dancing like that. It's just much smaller inputs that, that keep it on the track that might not be as visible to the eye. But if you're if if you're on a proper, proper ten tens lap and you're really exploiting the grip of the car, the car will be dancing the whole time beneath beneath you know, any car, any sort of race car. Obviously in F one the speeds are higher, but the principle is the same all the way down through you know, different formula down to club racing. Um, you need to be on that knife edge and just dancing on it. And I think it was was it Jackie Stewart or someone that says if it if it if it doesn't feel like you're you're about to crash, you're not going fast enough or something mm. along them lines. You know. Mm. Yeah, fair fair enough. Uh, just before we went on air, Mike, you were remarking on Alpine. Uh, so I'll take you up on that. Well, I, I certainly came from left field. I don't think anyone expected it, did they? Um, I mean, he's only there, what, 18 months? I mean, he's even he's even signed contracts to bring in new people into that team. As for, for next year, they, had to, they, they weren't available. He's taking them from other F1 teams, bringing him in there. He was he had a long-term plan. Um, and, but Jesus, he got the legs ser- seriously cut from under him in very short time, didn't he? You know, yeah. um, and it it seems to, and I don't know if the two are connected or not, but it seems to tie in with a with the lump of money that that's come from Brian Reynolds, the actor, as well. The money comes in, and the lads are gone in the same day. You know, it's 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 uh, very strange, and you know, you've got Gasly there; he's only in that team, you know, as well, and like it must be very unsettling for him, even even if he says it's not, it has to be. It has to be the drivers won't know what the hell is going on, you know. It's 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 the problem I think we've seen before when we've seen it with Ford probably most famously recently with you know Ford that then became Jaguar. You're, they're trying to run a race team like they run a large car manufacturing Business. corporation yeah. and yeah. it's not the same and it's and it's 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 uh it doesn't work. We've seen that you know over the years as I said Ford made an absolute hands of it. Toyota weren't a whole lot better. Um, nope. Toyota, you know, in terms of the the poorest return on investment in terms of points to dollars, was probably will never be beaten. Like you know, the money they were throwing at it and they get nothing out of it. But yeah, I mean, it's just um, corporate world, and it doesn't work in in sport, let alone in F one. It's a, it's a different approach is needed. And as Mike says, um, Otmar was bringing in, you know, it's a slowly, slowly kind of approach in terms of bringing the staff on board, bringing the, the, the brains in and getting it all working. Um, and number one, it's not going to happen overnight, mm. uh, obviously. And there's a lead time to all these things. Um, and then conversely, um, the other side of the sport is things do need to happen overnight and, ha- and decisions need to be made quickly to, you know, because c- it's a race team at the end of the day. So I think you kind of had the worst of both worlds 
you know, you had a you had a corporation that moved very slowly when it should be moving fast, and then at the same time wouldn't and doesn't allow um time for things to to take hold and for that kind of that 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 brain power to work its way into the car no matter what will take a little bit of time so yeah but i mean they've been they've been underperforming for for god knows how long now you know so short since since alonso took his couple of champions with them championships with them back in 04 05 um you know they weren't long they were probably they weren't long out of private ownership at that stage um and the, the, the so Renault probably benefited from the you know the legacy of a, a proper race team there with and they just had a Renault badge on it um and since then it's just gone downhill and the latest weekend is is you know a case in point on that you can see that um and and the the CEO Alan Prost came out he's some sort of I don't know what you'd call him he's some sort of like a consultant for the team or something like that he, he just other things you could say as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'd be an Alan Prost fan now. He's, he's yeah, he's a very underrated driver in the scheme of things. I think, but he he came out and uh, Jesus, I can't remember the quote. If you look it up, hmm. he absolutely flittered. Um, what was it? What was the the CEO's name? I just can't think of it now. Um, the CEO of Alpine directly, he absolutely destroyed him with a scathing attack on him. Um, on on how he how he ran the race team. Uh, Lauren Rossi, wasn't that it? That's the, yeah. the, the CEO yeah. who, who stepped down from the race team just a few days before all hell broke loose. Um, mm. Interesting that they did it on the race weekend, in the middle of the weekend, two days before summer shutdown. So yeah. they obviously wanted people to know about it and wanted to make a deal out. But and, and again, that's probably some sort of corporate thing that they're trying to strike fear into those that are still there and that won't work. Just go over and ask Ferrari about that. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. And and I can't get my head around, okay, I mean, they've got a, a nice wedge of money coming in from the Hollywood lad as well. But like mm-hmm. a huge organization like Renault, um, it, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Hmm. Well, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 you know what they say, if a, if a cat, what was it? If a cow was designed by a committee, you'd have two heads. Or I don't know what it is, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's like, yeah. just. Yeah. There's, there's no place for that sort of thinking in, in, in fast-moving sport. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a lot of arrogance there. I mean, it's a French trade anyway, you know what I mean? And probably uh, finger-pointing and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I think back to, I can't pronounce Searle's surname, and I can't remember the exact circumstances as to how he departed. Maybe he'll enlighten me when it was Renault, yeah? A, a, a bit of Buell or something like that. Yeah, he, he yeah. Um, well, he, I think he was kind of another one. He kind of got, you know, thrown under the bus type thing, isn't it? Right. You know, like, yeah. it's not I working. That, I just need to hear it from someone else kind of a thing. Mike, have you got a different view on that? Well, I, I, I think I think he paid the price for the screw-up with Ricardo. I mean, he he, he blew a huge num, num, amount of his budget just on Ricardo's wages alone, right? Yeah. And brought him in there. And I think he got one podium for all of that, wasn't it? One yeah, third place for memory. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he definitely paid over the odds from considering. Yeah, and uh, I, I think he, I think he, I think he might have got canned for that, you know, because it was a mm. wasn't a great decision. It didn't turn out to be the great great move for them, you know, and a lot of money gone down the drain, and plenty of other drivers that could have been looked at for a lot less that might have been a better option. Yeah. But still, I, I take your point, and it was probably a, a misstep in terms of maybe not hiring Ricardo, but paying him what he, what he, he got in the end might have been a misstep. But you, you got to let people 
you know, take those missteps every so often um, so that they can make the mistakes once they learn from it. And once, you know, because if what you then get, if, you, if everyone's afraid to make a move at all in any walk yeah. of life, you could do this mm-hmm. in a small, you know, your local corner shop, if, you know, mm-hmm. if, if someone becomes so terrified of making a mistake, they become almost useless then because yeah. they're, they're, they're locked in and you've seen that with Ferrari and you know it's yeah yeah it's the and case where everybody takes it yeah yeah the end where Gunter can't get nothing done right and he's still there yeah but yeah but I see I I, I don't I, I don't mind that too much I think I, mm. I think we need to leave let, let guys go there and, and give them a, a decent crack at the, at the whip you know it's I I, I don't know as well well documented in this podcast I don't know the first thing about soccer and everything but you hear you, you do hear a lot of things as soon as the team is pause just one second sorry to cut across you uh, and apologies to our listeners just make sure that finger is not on the speaker like a dropping there we go back there yeah. we go so yeah just saying that it's in 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 the world of soccer I you know which I am definitely not an authority on. You definitely you do hear from time to time people saying, you know, as soon as the team isn't doing well, let's fire the manager. And yeah. and then the next manager comes in and he's like, it's nearly like they're playing for a draw because you know, so you're never you're never gonna win. You mightn't lose, but you'll never win either if that's your if that's your attitude. And you're always terrified of making the wrong decision that you inevitably yeah. that's exactly what you do. And I think yeah. corporations running F one teams, it it seems to be common ground across the decades that that's that's yeah. what's happening and, and like what are our team going to do with half a season like who who you know they're they've they've, they've let go uh a, a very experienced group of lads and yeah. they've, they've, they've just promoted other guys from within to say right you need to step up now and you're going to take this up and you're going to run with it and like midway through a season like how is that going to benefit alpine now i don't see them putting any points on the board or doing anything super between well, now and the end of this year, you know, there's there's a saying in business, and you know that basically people get promoted to 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 um a level of incompetency. You know, like you keep promoting someone until they get to the position that they can't actually do. You know, yeah. so like if you have someone who's a a really good, you know, in F one terms, let's say a really good engineer, and you yeah. and you are, are, are you know a, a, like a draftsman or whatever, and he works his way up, and then he becomes an engineer and. Blah, blah, blah. There's a point that people he'll keep getting promoted until he gets to a point on a job and a title that he can't do. Yes, because that's where that's where it stops. Where, yeah. and so if they're promoting someone from within, the chances are mm-hmm. very slim that they're going to get someone capable of doing it. You know what? So what makes somebody a, you know, like is Adrian? Would Adrian Newey, genius as he is, would he do a better job than Christian Horner if Christian Horner retired? No, probably not because no. it's not his forte. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, and you you need to put people into positions where they yeah. excel and keep them at yeah. the top level. And bringing someone in just because they're good at engineering or technical director or whatever else doesn't mean they're going to be a good CEO. No. No. Plus, never mind the fact that they're all going to walk in there going, "Jesus, we better watch here." They, 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 yes. they cut the legs from yeah. Otmar after eighteen yeah. months. We can't yeah. do anything. So now it's the, just the rumor. The, mess. the rumor mill, Barry. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the rumor mill is that Benotti might be lined up for for the beginning of next year. Yeah, I did see that, and of course, he, well, he'll know all about getting, you know, being a scapegoat with the yeah. with Ferrari in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, he what if he if he goes in there, what's he doesn't really have autonomy. He he's going to go in and he's going to be like, well, I can't really do this and I can't really do that because, you know. I'm going to get fired. So he, he, he'll just, as I said earlier, just play for a draw. And yeah. No one's going to win any races doing that. Mm. Yeah. 
What makes um, a position like that attractive, lads? Uh, like, I mean, why in the world would you, even if you're good enough, of, you know, reckonable ability to do the job with proven ability maybe to do it? Why would you put yourself in that position? Because it seems like you're on a hiding to nothing um, from the outside in anyway, from my little knowledge. I mean, it's probably... I probably, there's probably an, a level of ignorance to some degree, you know, that just thinking that you can do a good job, which is not necessarily a, a flaw. It, <laughs> and, you know, it's good, it's, it's good to have belief in yourself and everything else, and, it'll, you know, it'll be different this time kind of attitude. Um, but I'd imagine anyone who's been there and done that and has a bit of experience and know how it works won't be putting their hand up for that particular job. Um, you, you know, the others, the others who were trying to climb that greasy pole to get to the to the top job might take it on but they, they might they might live to regret it mm. yeah. the reason i bring up sir i think it's an interesting one obviously he's now with hyundai in the wrc right and there's only well, i suppose a couple of manufacturer teams in it like you know and and yet he's seen as being good enough to to lead that right yeah so like he's obviously decent enough to to do a job like that and you know, maybe is that a case of Hyundai knowing that, right? Basically, Renault was never going to be an easy place uh, to work in. You know, do they just turn a blind eye to something like that? Is there a mutual understanding that I don't really care what your pass is like? I think this guy deserves a shot. Like, what I'm trying to say is, is that not a fair indictment that Searle isn't entirely maybe to blame or wasn't entirely to blame for what happened at Renault, especially now when you see what happened with, with Otmar, like with the benefit of hindsight? I think so. I think yeah, it's it's like like Ferrari. You know, they keep you, you can keep changing, you know, keep 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 changing the heads of the organization. But the problem is more deep rooted than that, and it's not it's not going to fix it. I'm sure there's an analogy there that that explain it, but it's not going to fix it if you just keep, you know, say cut the head off the snake and another one grows back. The problem is that that's not the issue. It's it's the it's the it's the culture. It's the the way of doing it. It's the the corporate governance of a of a large manufacturer like that i mean don't don't forget like if if you look through the grid at the moment there's a lot of manufacturers there but like mercedes is not a corporate structure it's it's owned effectively by three three entities right so you've got um total wolf owns i think i don't know the exact shareholding i think at the moment it's about 33 percent um your man who owns uh, ineos owns 33 percent of it and Mercedes themselves on three percent, so it's it's run more as like an old school race team than a corporate team. Um, Ferrari is its own thing, you know. It's it's been there for so long. Um, you know, obviously McLaren is independently owned. Haas is independently owned. Alpine is really like Alfa Romeo is just a branding exercise. So I I don't know, Red Bull obviously Toro Rosso. Am I missing any? Is Renault really the only manufacturer team in F one at the moment in in terms of proper manufacturer and run by uh, run by the factory you know decisions yeah, made by by the board yeah i think they season. are yeah you know there's 10 teams i can't i'm just thinking here that you know as i say is there one that i'm missing that is also a a, a corp a corporation and a, a proper manufacturer deal i can't i can't think of one there's enough to say there if even if there was it's it's you far between like you know what i mean yeah i think you're, you're fairly spot on like but if you look at yeah, if you look at that in itself, is that where the problem is? I think one hundred percent that's where the problem yeah. is. Yeah, I think I think the problem is you're you're running like I've listened to podcasts back with um 
various people and the the the, the ford example was you take you take for like ford came into f1 via sort of a stewart grand prix stewart grand prix was you know very much an underdog a kind of a jordan-esque type team obviously ran by jackie mm. and paul stewart they they had flashes of of performance they won a couple of races with um herbert and i think maybe barrichello or someone won a race with them then they went then ford bought them out and it just turned into an absolute nightmare for x amount of years they yeah. rebranded it as jaguar made absolutely no difference it was horrendous these are the same and don't forget this is the same factory with 90 percent of the same people it's just the governance changed yeah. um you know if you went to work for jackie stewart you wore a white shirt with a tartan collar on it then you went to work for as ford the tartan disappeared and you had a ford emblem on your chest and then it became jaguar and you got a green check but you were the same person doing the same job in the same factory just wearing a different different color uniform and then that jaguar morphed into red bull and within three years or something red bull were fighting for championships so i mean that's a skating uh mm. uh a report as you can get on why man big manufacturers like that don't work in in in, in f1 you know the same they, they won as jack this they won as stewart they didn't win as Ford. They definitely didn't win as Jaguar. Red Bull took them over, and now look what Red Bull are. You know, um, I, I think it is purely down to corporations and race teams do not a good pair make. And and I think that's what Otmar's long term strategy was to address that issue with you know within within the, the you know mm-hmm. change change out the, the the necessary people within that team. Uh, yeah, key people, strategic people, and he had that plan. And I thought his analogy was a uh, was a very easy one to understand when he said, "You can get nine girls pregnant, but you still won't have a baby in one month." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of that earlier, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't yeah. remember the, the wording of it exactly. But the, the, the I'm glad you remembered it, Mike, because it was it was brilliant, and that was the approach yeah, to it, like. Yeah, and so obviously, you know, they said it was mutual. So obviously, he said, you know, guys, your, you know, your expectation is ridiculous here. You're off the wall, and and I'm still, as I said a moment ago, I'm still not sure where the the, the cash injection from Hollywood where how, does that is that tied into this as well? Then, well, here's a ball of money. You need to do something and do it quick, you know. Oh, or or we need to be seen to do something to our new to our newfound overlords you know yeah. you know yeah. oh, i i don't know how mutual it was i'd say that I, with with uh, mm-hmm. otmar i'd say there was a few uh a few golden coins classed as palm to, mm-hmm. to, to to allow them to say it was mutual I'd yeah say it, was, it was it was a nice golden handshake i'd say and you just go along with us but look lads uh, all i can say on that is if it's anything obviously the boys took over exum um and that's very good. Do you know what, Barry? Even though you don't like soccer, I think the business side of that was an interesting watch. Mike, I don't know if you sat down and watched it. Um, I thought it was very entertaining anyway. But, but basically what they did there was, I think the gaffer got a few games, but they knew they had someone kind of picked out. And they went and just spent the money and got him. So it quite possibly could be a similar but, situation. You know what I mean? But is that not what the, what what, for, what um, Alpine should do with the case of, you know, Given the few from Otmar's point of view, or whoever is in charge, go right. Alpine, you know, Mr. CEO of Alpine or the, or the board, we need X amount of 100 million. Give me the money and fuck off back to France yeah. and, and leave us at it. You know, yeah. there's, there's no <laughs> point in hiring them. Yeah, that's yeah. what they need to do. You know, there's the money, leave it to us. And you know, yeah. you've hired us, let's let us do our job. You know, but I think what's happened was. They didn't, you know, they, the people at, this, at the board level maybe didn't understand motor racing and thought, you know, can you know, can you not just drive faster and, and 
and and why is he not driving faster? Okay, give him more money, he'll drive faster. Oh, that's not working. Jesus, what do we do next? You know. So, the, I I think there's a there's a lot of that at play, and hopefully Otmar lands in the street somewhere because I think he he was definitely shafted in this one. Very yeah. likable lads. Like um, I I thought he always came across great, great, you know, on the pit wall and different things. One of the more likable ones. So yeah, I I agree with those sentiments. I think we're all unanimous on that one. Uh, just to mention. Gunter, obviously, when we were talking about guys crossing over from rallying and that, obviously, we know he was with uh, he was with Ford back in the day. Uh, he's done an interesting interview with Bex Williams, actually, about that as well, which is worth checking out on the WRC backstories. But um, speaking of backstories, we'll talk about backwards because we're talking about it off air with, with, with Haas. What is going on, lads? I mean, for a while, we thought they were making a bit of progress. Something got horribly wrong there, isn't there, Mike? They can't keep tires on the car. I mean, whatever way they've got that chassis set up, I mean, it's, a, a set of tires is is good for three, four laps, and you can see it falling away, uh, like falling off a cliff. It's that bad, you know. And they've got a quick driver. Hulkenberg is a quick driver. He's demonstrated that, and he's qualifying in his one lap, you know, flying lap and whatever. Um, but he just like he he can he can get the Q three, and by the time we're five six laps into the race. He's he's already been in and pitted, and he's he's back in the you know yeah. he's like the goal, you know, and it's you just there's uh, I'll be honest, guys, right? I'll be honest. If I had a manager working for me and looking at that performance, the way it has have gone in the last eighteen months, I'd be asking Gunter serious questions if I was paying his wages right now. I would because it is it is shocking that how poor that car is performing really is. Yeah, and it's it's of course the fact that. It, the fact that it eats the tires alive once it gets a few laps into it is also giving them a, a false kind of projection up the grid because it turns the tires on quicker, so it can it can do the qualifying lap well. Yeah. So yeah. so it's kind of like a double negative in terms of the the, the, the amount that falls because it's probably a couple of rows ahead of where it should be. Should be. By yeah. virtue of it turning the tires on pretty quick, and yeah. then the, the flip side of that is that it it falls a couple of rows the side it should be on on the other on the race in race pace. So yeah. the drop is 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 magnified if anything, um, because yeah. you see yeah. it and you go, Jesus, Hulkenberg sixth or seventh or whatever, you know, eight wherever he puts on the grid, and then like you say, Mike, within a handful of laps, it's you know he, he he's back down into the into the teens if yeah. and just dropping like a stone as the race goes mm. on. So. Yeah, it's a pretty fundamental problem, and I'm not sure if these new tires that they introduced a couple of races ago has exasperated the problem and made it worse. But um, it's something they need to look at and 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 sort. It's definitely their biggest flaw at the moment. But they've always had that problem. They had it. They had it. They had it with Mick Schumacher. Uh, they had it. With, you know, it's it's been an issue for Haas from as long as I can remember. Haas in Formula One that they they seem that they have never really seemed to gotten their head under the bonnet of. Why is our chassis so much different on tires than everybody else's? They just and that that's what I don't understand. And if they have got someone trying to understand it, he's taken he's taken a mighty long time but to figure Delara, it out. It's isn't it? Like it's the the, the, the the chassis is designed and built by by Delara, the Italian um, race car manufacturer who makes you know f3 they cars make, they, they and they make chassis Solara, you know well they're yeah they make the, the f2 cars are, are the large chassis yeah. the yeah. you know various f3s of which i have one is is a delara it's they're yeah. they're you know they're the lead, the world's leading you know race car manufacturer in terms of you know numbers and and, and kind of quality as such and they're you know they 
it's as a business they're a you know commercial entity making race cars for lnps and lamont and mm-hmm. everything yeah. so they're, yeah. they're not idiots they're definitely no. not idiots but there's something there's something you know yeah underlyingly wrong with the car if it's if it's eating the tires alive that quick um that's that's just missing them i mean you know they're a lot smarter brains than than what's assembled here tonight but they, they should be able to figure it out at the end of the day yeah, yeah. definitely it's disappointing to watch you know because you know um you see hulkenberg then he's come in and you know and he's able to do he's able to as you sperry says he switches on the tires quickly he gets a really good qualifying done and then you're you're looking for him to do something different uh d- decent and it you know if you're certainly if you're gene has watching it you must be frustrated you have to be well, I say he's frustrated in that respect. I think he's probably done very well on a commercial side of it. He got into F1 at the right time. He's doing it as cheap as is it can be done realistically mm-hmm. in modern days. And the price of his assets in terms of his entry is is gone through the roof. So he's pro- you know from a commercial point of view, he's probably happy enough. But mm-hmm. you know he's a racer at the end of the day, Gene Haas. So he he won't like seeing that happening over and over again. Yeah, pride and ego. I'll have to come into it as well, like. Of course, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, the same is for Jesus. It's, it's a sport full of us, is he? In terms of Ricardo, I didn't really get to have this chat because we didn't do a pod after Hungary. Um, did it take any by surprise the way that unfolded? No, no more than maybe what happened with Otmar, or it was a kind of come to be expected. Is it any more of a surprise, any less of a surprise, Mike? It was hard, it was hard on, on um, debris, wasn't it? You know, to, to, to didn't even give him half a season. Uh, okay, I know, I know you could look at the performance and everything else, but like he was the new guy into the team. Um, uh, if they'd left him there for the rest of the year and see, and then maybe look at it, it's to allow him to de- you know to, to develop. But they didn't give him much of an opportunity. And it, it to be honest with you, you know, it, it had it had Marco's stamp all over, didn't it? You know, and he's pretty. He's a pretty ruthless individual, and you can see that. And he doesn't care. You know, I'd say he'd make his own mother cry if he had to. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree in one sense, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's big boys' rules at, at F one. If you're not, if you don't cut the mustard, see you later. You know, I mean, personally, yeah. I, I, I think, I think the freeze can't, can't complain too much because. He 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 came in on a if 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 the argument is that he didn't get a proper shot at at getting at, at staying, well he definitely he he came in under a bit of a false pretenses too because he had he had a good result in Monza when he jumped into the Williams but the Williams that weekend was exceptionally good relative to itself at other racetracks and yeah. um, so he la- he 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 definitely got got in into the limelight into the seat you could say um by by being lucky and and by being the right place at the right time so yeah. you know you live by the sword you die by the sword and, yeah. and the flip yeah. side and the other side too is that um from red bull slash alpha Terry's point of view if okay if he might have started slow and off the pace and making mistakes and those mistakes and the pace was improving as the season went on, and there was a there was a, a an incline in terms of his his performance, um. Well, then maybe it, there was a case I would feel for him to be to be held for the rest of the year. But 
from what I seen was that he plateaued and he just didn't get any quicker. Yeah. And at that point, if he's if the if you have Ricardo on your books, mm. there's really no downside. It's very no. unlikely Ricardo was going to be worse than him. Um, you have Ricardo there anyway. There's the whole PR value of it, if nothing else. Um, yeah. and I, he was never going to do a worse job, I don't think, than the freeze was was going to. Mm. So it was a bit of a. It was a bit. You know, there was very little downside to take the chance. Um. So I think I, I wasn't surprised to see it happen, to be honest. I, I thought they'd wait until now after Spa and the, 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 the summer break would be an obvious um, mm-hmm. d- division to, of the season to, to drop them in by. So I was a little bit surprised they did it so quick, um, mm. but not surprised that they did it in general. Hmm. So mix Hughes on it. You, you were saying possibly a little bit harsh, Mike, and Barry's like, well, no, it's a big boy sport. So good to get the contract. Yeah. I think Barry's making a fair point. Like it's hard to argue with it, you know. But uh, I, I just, I, I think, I think, and it, I suppose the, the biggest, the biggest point there that was that there was no improvement. What you saw in the last day he was in the car was no better than the first day he sat into it. So he wasn't, he wasn't developing anything as he was coming along. But I just thought, you know, um, as having given him the drive that maybe they could have tried to be a little bit more sympathetic with him and try and figure it out. But it is Red Bull and it is Helmut Marko. And as I said, he has he has an axe in both hands, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I like an axe in both hands. <laughs> you know, he there, does. You know, he he's, he's not there to make friends, you know? Probably that's not. clear. And, and you're right, it is big boy's business and that's the way he works. Yeah, uh, what I was going to ask there was: Is there an indirect message to Perez in all this? Oh, I think I'd it's, it's yes. very direct. I don't think yeah. it's that indirect at all. <laughs> I, I don't think, and I don't think you needed the freeze to get it across the board either. I think that was, oh, oh. yeah, no, I mean, there's no uh, yeah, there's it's no mistake what, is what it's up in, you know. Yeah, I think Perez is well aware of what what's what's what what, what the opportunity the cost of getting it wrong is like, you know. So he's yeah. um yeah, he's he's you know, he's he, he, look Perez if we're moving on to that Perez is uh, is sinking fast. He's like the hash after, you know, a good start and then it all goes to shit basically. So yeah. he's um yeah. he's he's struggling big time and um some of the mistakes he is making are just they're hard to fathom from a driver's point of view, you know. His head must be really. I we've spoke about this before that people, you know, like you break where you break, and it shouldn't really matter what's going on. And you know, you can have good days and bad days, but in general, it, when you're in the car, it shouldn't really manifest itself as obvious as what we're seeing with Prez. And it, it, the fact, to me, the fact that he's making has made up until now so many mistakes very early on in whether it be FP one sessions or in Q one. That's really telling like someone trying a bit hard and dropping the wheel off the curb on an exit no problem that's that's fine but Perez is making silly stupid mistakes like he's literally just not concentrating at the start or he's tr- or, or else he's trying too hard at the start of the he's all the driving yeah yeah. yeah trying to kind of get a get a lap in the books to kind of sort of to get off his case kind of thing um mm. you've seen an fp1 there a couple of races ago he stuffed it and in Q1 a number of times and that's really telling to do that that early on he just doesn't have the confidence to go out and go right get a couple of bankers you know get a couple of banker laps in, in the books and then I'll start pushing it's like he he needs to prove to the world that he can do it on the first lap so that they that he can relax for the rest of the weekend and then it's the exact opposite's happening 
Yeah, and if you look at if you look at his performance in the sprint race on Saturday, mm. okay, um, he didn't do he wasn't doing himself any favors. When you consider uh, Max was up gone up the road, Piastri was second, and you know, um, he 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 just he was he was in a great place. Whatever way he's driving the car, he's not mining his tires the way Max is able to mine them. And yeah. he was on enters and he was sliding. He had no rears. He was all over the place. He 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 slid he slid up. He slid to a point where he left the door open. Hamilton yeah. took the opportunity when the door was open. They had a little touch, and that was the end of Perez. And Hamilton got 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 the the, the five second penalty and got 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 penalised for that. But I'd ask Barry there. Uh, 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 a two times uh, Leinster Trophy winner. If that door was open for you, would you drive? Would you put your car there? Oh, hundred percent. I and I now I'll, I'll I'll lay my cards on the table. I think I think Hamilton. I I I won't say he deserved the penalty, but there's definitely an argument to say he deserved the penalty. I don't think I I think it was Hamilton's fault not to put the car there. That's not an issue. Um, not to go with him through the corner. Um. But at the end, at the end of the day, Hamilton understeered into the side of a competitor's yeah. car, and yeah. that is not on to start with. And then, you know, if he if he if it resulted in a DNF, um, that's you know obviously adds another layer of kind of seriousness to it from a from a point of view. So I think yeah. I think I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't get a penalty, and I wasn't surprised that he did get a penalty. Um, yeah. the thing is. And I've seen a lot of stuff online, people saying, oh, well, he understeered into him and it was slippy and it was, you know, there's all these mitigating circumstances. But at the end of the day, what you got to, just from a racer's point of view, you know, people are saying, oh, Perez only gave him just about enough room. Well, yeah, that's exactly what Perez should do in that situation. Mm -hmm. Because if Perez gives him more room than he's obliged to give, Mm -hmm. then the corner becomes less sharp for... Hamilton, which means he has to go through. He can now go through it two mile an hour faster. Which and at the end of the day, they were effectively drag racing up the back section of of Spa. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Perez's job in that situation is is to crowd Hamilton Ooh. and to give him the bare minimum, not no room, but the bare minimum mm-hmm. that he's obliged yeah. to give him mm-hmm. to make the corner more acute, so that mm-hmm. Hamilton has to go that little bit slower because it's now a sharper corner. He's got less. Mm-hmm. He's got less track to play with, so he has to go that tiny. And we're talking one and two mile an hour here, lads. Yeah, go that much slower so that Perez can continue to, 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 to out drag him around, you know, the back of the lap. So mm-hmm. it's not Perez's obligation to give Hamilton more space, no. just to no. with your car, and that's it. And no. he did it, Perez did exactly the right thing. Where it all fell apart for Hamilton was that at the end of the day, if you have understeer. That is your responsibility as a driver to not let that happen. And the way you stop that from happening is you drive at a speed that's where you don't have it, yeah. where you don't, where it doesn't come in. You, your speed has to match your grip and your track available. Yeah. For Hamilton not to hit Perez there, he probably would have needed to go two mile an hour slower, which is yeah. what he should have been doing, which wouldn't have meant he had the understeer, but it would have meant Perez held would the position because he would have had that two mile an hour excess yeah. on him so it you know and we've seen it a good few times from Hamilton in that situation where he's on the inside and he just tries to carry a little bit too much speed for the track that he's been left and yeah. he kind of understeers we've seen it with um we've seen it I think against Silverstone that was my yeah. take on that one I know that's a very mm-hmm. controversial one but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was very very similar sort of situation he was given space 
the bare minimum of space, which is all he's entitled to. And he carried a little bit too much speed, ran wide into the side of Verstappen and the crash. We've seen a, a year or two before that with um, Alcon, no, Albon, Albon in yeah. Brazil. And also, yeah. I believe, uh, Austria that year with, with yeah. another Red Bull in the same in the year. Same, yeah. same year. And mm-hmm. a few other times, it, it seems to be a common... Yeah, he's I don't, I don't had a mistake, but yeah, a, a common set of circumstances, yeah, you know, where he just yeah. needs to realize he goes just that two mile an hour too fast here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide into the side of the car on the outside. And no, wh- whether it's deliberate or not is absolutely irrelevant, it's his no, responsibility exactly. yeah. not to yeah. let that happen. But do you not, do you not, do you not think though, as well? I suppose part of my point is that, um, Perez's performance in that race. He should have been gone. He should have been up oh, the road, absolutely. right? He was there, and he was he's he he was struggling to keep a car on the road, yeah. whatever. Right? And I I just you know as as you you to go back to the initial question, what about him? Yeah, there's a there's a huge question mark there, and you know the fellow with the two axes. I would don't be at all surprised if he takes another swing before this year is over. Well, you got to look at it from Perez's point of view. You got to remember all these guys are racing. Right? You could you could you could insert a load of names here. Perez, yeah. you take a little snapshot of Perez's life to date. You know, I don't know his his junior results. You know, verbatim or whatever, but we're pretty sure he went into Carton, probably won all around him, left, right, and centre, winning, winning, winning. You know, stepped up through the various. I don't know his particular path, but it would have been somewhere along the lines of. From the Renault, from the four, from the three, from the two, winning, winning in all of those categories, winning more than he didn't, more than he wasn't winning, which is very unusual mm. in racing, you know. Mm. And he would have been winning, winning, winning all the way through all that team, beating teammates left, right, and center. Then he gets into F1, more or less the upper hand on most, if not all, of his teammates. I know he did a bit of a dodgy year at McLaren and stuff, but more or less his whole career from when he was maybe six or seven years old till 18 months ago he was the quick guy he yeah. was the guy that won the race compared to who was sitting beside him whether it be in a cart or in is across the yeah. garage from an f1 team now so he's convinced rightly so that he's mega and he has to you know every racing driver at that level has to be convinced has of to that. Be, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like the curtains are pulled back and you're like jesus i've got nothing here against this guy that has to destroy someone mentally yeah. If, if you spent your whole life being told, rightly so, that you're an amazing talent, yeah. and he yeah. is, and then all yeah. of a sudden, and you know what can be done in a race car, and all of a sudden you're going, I can't do that. And I don't yeah. even think, even if someone shows me how to do it, I can't do it. Yeah. After a lifetime of being a winner, for that to yeah. be put in front mm-hmm. of you, and have no answer for it. No. It's not... Very few people would have an answer for it, to be fair. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't certainly. Uh, can, can you imagine? I mean, they're all going on about who will who would replace him. I mean, every time you pick up uh, up on social media, you read an, an F1 comment, it's such and such a fella will replace or would be the right driver to replace Perez. I don't. I mean, it's still happening. It's still happening. to everybody. Gasly. Yeah. Uh, you know, has gone on to win races and podium at the weekend there and everything else. He's no Egypt. Yeah. Um, yeah. A stellar junior career as well. Albon, yeah. Albon, you know, with Williams, even in the lowly Williams, his talent is shining through massively. You know, yeah. 
Um, Ricardo, you know, multiple race winner. Okay, he's had a rough time since. Vettel, every one of them was put away by Verstappen. Yeah, you know, every one of them and more. Like, never mind all the, yeah. you know, the the junior uh, when he was with Toro Rosso and and those mm-hmm. that sat alongside him with Toro Rosso. Kvyat, Kvyat was. Kvyat was held aloft in when he came into F1 from F2. He was he was the golden boy. He was the Red Bull golden boy, and and Verstappen just destroyed him. He just wiped him out, yeah. you know. So so short of Alonso slash Hamilton, you know, Leclerc maybe Norris, that category of you know, if you're in that kind of elite group that's around at the moment, short of it being one of them. It's like what I was saying about yeah, you can put anyone in the car beside them. They can, they're gonna, it, it, the path only goes one way. And yes. it's, it's not going to be good for them. Do you think it's interesting that um, I, I'm not sure the context or, or the journalist actually that put this to Helmut Marco, but he did answer a question about um, who he thought could get closer to Verstappen if they were in the car, which right. I think that's far be it from me to call Helmut Marco naive. But it is interesting that he answered that question and didn't bat it away. You know why he answered it? You know why he answered it? He, he, answered it? he answered it because he was sending a message to Paris. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I think I think I seen so that was the same the same thing, but it, it might have been slightly misquoted or whatever. But the, the quote was, uh, "Perez has woken up from his dream and now realizes he can't win the championship." Jesus, like it's fairly cutting. It's it's completely true, but it's like, yeah, but it's it's coming from you know, within. That, that, that's a serious kick now with a size nine, isn't it? You know, from within, like whatever about you know yeah. an outsider saying that, but themselves, like yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's right, like, and everybody knows he's right, and it's not really up for debate whether he's right or not. But yeah, there's no uh, there's no sugar cutting it with uh, Doctor Marco, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> he doesn't just want you know the best driver, constructor, whatever. He wants the second best. You know, he is mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. total domination. But he has it anyway. But he wants he wants it even to be even more profound than it already is. I want to every day, basically, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, the irony of it is, is someone who is probably less good, if you want to look at it that way, might be a better number two because they might just come in going. I'm going to get my ass handed to me by Verstappen every weekend, and that's fine. And know where he's at, and not get into that head melt. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why Irvine was such a good um, deputy to Schumacher for all those years. He said it since, yeah. and he said it then. He says, "I knew I couldn't beat him." He says, "But yeah. I, you know, I, I, and I didn't try and beat him. I just cashed the checks and was made sure to be there the days that he he couldn't he couldn't get a result and." On yeah. those days, I'd get me wins, and I'd get me, you know, and maybe, and the cards almost fell right for about ninety nine, and he won a champ, nearly won a championship to, yeah, with one point to hacking him. But, yeah. you know, that's probably why he was such a good, good teammate to him because he knew exactly where he was and just said, right, that's fine, that's that's my position, and let's play it. So, it, it, the irony of it is, if someone like that, then if they could find someone good enough but not good enough at the same time, it could be a it could be a better job. Yeah, to, to 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 his race, his race isn't Max. His race is is it's Hamilton or Alonso or Leclerc or whoever. You know that that's yeah. who he's racing. He's not well, racing his team. 
to to yeah. excuse the pun, but that is literally putting two bulls in 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 the Red Bull, like you know what I mean, two bulls in the field. You don't want to do that, like either. You know, he wants he probably needs someone quick enough, but I don't know who that'd be now. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I would have thought the Prez might have been one of those, but but maybe not. So it's it's a tricky one, but man, it's some it's some list of casualties for the, the for if you look back over the. The driver number two list back over the years. It's he's uh Verstappen has plenty of plenty of blood on his on his sword. Yeah, he definitely yeah. definitely a, a poison a poison chalice is the fellow said. Sure. Um we were I'm just actually conscious of the time. I was gonna I'll get a word on any of this was uh the incident with uh, science and piastri lads just to call it in a minute or two. Go for Mike. I, when I saw it, I watched. was watching on TV. I blame, my initial reaction was to blame Science. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at it again, looking back on it again, I think if, if Science hadn't hit Piastri, he was going to have a hell of a job coming out of that corner in any sort of shape because of where he put the car going in. So, you know, I, 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 I you could say six of one, half dozen of another. I do think there was no need for uh, Science to to drive into him and drive him into the wall. To be honest about it, but it was certainly, uh, you know, uh, just from a from a, a, a pure uh, turning the car in situation where he where he was on that inside at that apex, he could only be, he could only go straight. He, he was going to he was going to get collected by somebody if if he had stayed going because there was no way to turn that car. I don't know what Barry. Yeah, I I, I think I think and yeah, science has definitely a case to answer for. Um... I think it's one of those situations where Piastri, you know, could legitimately say, well, there was room there and, you know, of course I, I went for it. But I think it's one of those situations where you might be right, but it, it, it's, it's you know, you got to live to fight another day. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like it, it reminds me of the guys, you know, the, the cyclists and pick your city, Dublin in my case would be near a city to me. Like the cyclists are going around and, you know, they, they'll, they'll drive they'll drive up the inside of a truck and they say, well, technically I'm allowed to be here. Well, well, that's great, but you're still going to go under the wheel of the truck. Like, and that's not going to, yeah. the fact that you were right, isn't going to, isn't going to sew your legs back on. Like, you know, so no. I, I think there's a, there's a case where there's lots of people in graveyards that were right, but it's not much use to them now. Like, so exactly. there, there's, the, I think in Piastri's case, a little bit of inexperience. Yeah. The gap was there, but maybe better to leave it in, in this case and not put the McLaren into it. Um, that doesn't mean, you know that it, that science is off the hook, or that it was. No, you know, no. but I think a little bit of um, discretion is the better part of valor. Might might be a play for that particular one in in yeah, I'm sure he probably I, understands that coming out of it. I was more disappointed with science's comments after the race, where he blames it solely on Piastri as well. He's not taking any ownership of his own role in it. You know, yeah, and he is that, a racing that... driver though, Mike. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do expect a lot, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> One day a miracle might happen, of course. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, sure but like it, done, it, it, it didn't help science any. Um, it no. done for Piastri. And what, what again, I didn't understand. You know, um, McLaren kept them out there, trying to keep them running for a long time. Would they have been better just parking it up and keeping saving the miles on the engine? You know, because it was theory had serious damage. Sorry? You mean science? Or science, I mean. Sorry, yeah, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became pretty obvious he wasn't going anywhere. He was going yeah, backwards. Down, yeah. yeah. Do you know, like, that, 
they kept running the engine and running miles on the engine and we all know next day or the week after he'll come back and he'll have to put a new engine in and he'll be a five crest five place grid penalty for it or whatever. Why why run hard miles on it when when it was clear you're you're after doing so much damage you couldn't compete. Yeah, I did think that at the time. I was like, she's like, there's no point in leaving them out there. It's obvious what's going to yeah. happen. And in this day, these days of ultra reliability, it's not even like you're going to look into a, you know, eight cars yeah. tire in front of you or something. That was exactly. And that Ferrari engine's been soft enough this year already, hasn't it? You know, yeah. it's 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 look at the trouble Haas have had with it. They've had look at Leclerc crisis. You know, he's had a terrible year with his engine. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise for me now, to be honest. My last question of the evening, lads, was actually a Charles Leclerc-related <laughs> question because um, Barry Rabbit absolutely hates stats, right? But I'm just going to use one just to back up his point. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mind stats. It's the, the absolutely stupid ones that this is the 85th time that a guy in a red car from this place has drove around that. Shut up. Sorry, we don't care. <laughs> well, Leclerc, <laughs> Leclerc has now failed to win his last nine stars from first on the grid. Now, look. We know Verstappen's like that um, an incredible car. We know engines have gone. But my question, based on that stat, would be, does that seep into a driver's head, even when a time comes around, maybe, where situations are more favourable? Like, by that I mean, you have a reliable engine, and maybe a car that's a little bit quicker. Is, does that become a demon? I mean... What I would take from that particular stat is that Leclerc is outperforming the car in qualifying more mm. so than he's failing in the races. Okay. And that's what yeah. I take from it as, as a neutral from the outside. Um, and I would imagine that that's, that's what, well, I, I would say Leclerc would probably argue that case too, more so than going, yeah, the pace of the car is what we're doing in qualifying and then I'm making the balls of the races. I, I think in some cases, Ferrari might have been of some of those results, maybe not at the moment, obviously, but of some of those previous failures to convert a pole to a win, definitely Ferrari um, have a case to answer there. Uh, but I think in general, we said this before, I think Leclerc is one of, he's kind of in the Gilles Villeneuve mode where, you know, he'll just keep driving the car faster and faster until he eventually crashes it. Um, yeah. And and sometimes he gets away with it, and on those days he's he's immense. But you know, um, to to yeah. reuse the, the saying I said earlier, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. Every day that it works for you, there'll be a day that it bites you. It's really clear that that Ferrari can't live with the Mercedes or the or the Honda engine. It just can't. You know, no. like look at how fast the Williams car is in a straight line, and on the faster circuits, look at how well Williams are doing. You know, um. And and I think Barry is right. I think Leclerc is a special. He's a special talent as well. I mean, they're all decent. They're all talented. But he he's he'd be in the he'd be floating to the top as part of the cream, you know. And he is he's getting everything that that car has to give and more. Um, but it's not it's not there. It's it's not a competitive car. Plain and simple. I was just thinking there, lads. With all this talk of um, hatchets and swords, maybe it should have been a Lord of the Rings podcast this evening or, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, I get well, where you're coming from. But Paris could get both barrels. That's all we know at the end. He could. Um, and uh, just going back to the to, 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 to the Haas fiasco, you may have noticed that Hulkenberg had to get permission from the Clark of the course to race because he missed his qualifying yeah. for the street race. Yeah, well, that he was couldn't get mountain time even. So, like... You know, that's that's pretty damning. That's pretty damning for, for what is a professional setup, you know. Yeah, that was not great, that's for sure. No. 
says it all. Um, so there's a month now of a gap, all all of a slap. It's the way the races are tiered out. Actually, just to, I know I obviously they take breaks for you for different reasons, but you get three. Is there three? To be a couple of instances next year, if not three, where there's three consecutive race weekends. Yeah. Um, that's my understanding of it anyway. Why? What what's with the the whole haphazard thing about a few together and then like a month off and then oh there's a three week break now again and then there's a is there any particular reason for that logistics I, maybe I okay. think there's a logistics argument to some degree mm-hmm. but I think the main thing is that they they have to get in this three week um summer break right and in the past and, and you know there's 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 that's kind of set in stone that you know that the teams get to close down for this period of time. You know, to to give to give the employees of the teams some form of respite, but um, I think that's probably the main reason. And then, if you take three weeks out of the year, you have to find basically three weeks somewhere else to drop it back in. So yeah. you end up running these back to backs. So, look at the end of the day, there's too there's too many races in my view, and they're trying to and and you know, giving someone a three week break in the middle of it is is not much use when at the same time you. You, you send them around the world, you know, and across the world and back and up and down all over the place three weeks in a row. It's kind of yeah. give them, give them with one hand and take them with the other. Um. So, yeah. You, you give them time to figure out where all this money has been hit anyway with this cost cap rumors that are going around the last few weeks. So, they might get a source on that or figure out. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, 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 um, the, the rumors are that it was Red Bull might, might, might be in the dock again, which would be yeah. pretty damning if they are. And, and, yeah. And uh, those who were throwing the stones most vociferously last year, i.e. Mercedes, might be standing there beside them. So, beside them yeah. yeah, that's that's the rumours. And I think Aston Martin are, are, are somewhere Quite caught trouble. up. In, yeah, yeah, somewhere. I think it may be a slightly lesser degree from, from yeah. what the rumours are saying. But mm-hmm. yeah, they'll all, they'll all better get their, uh, their accountants uh, lined up and ready to get the erasers out. Absolutely. Well, this... Red, Red Bull's Red Bull's issue seems to be revolving around the Axeman's salary. It's oh, not... really? Is it? So, so I've read. Yeah, they're not. They're not declaring. He, he, he's, he's, he's essentially there for nothing, right? Which is oh, not true. Right. Okay. Which is okay. not true. So they're saying he's a consultant or something, and they've, they've tried to fudge it, but it's the. It can't yeah, be they're probably it's saying it's part of the, ju- see, the junior programs are exempt for obvious reasons because otherwise they couldn't sponsor p- the, the junior drivers. Yeah. So yeah. they're probably saying he's part of that and not part of the F1 team. So that's something mm. like that. Yeah, no, well, that's, there's an awful lot of well paid volunteers in the world. It's unreal. Unreal. Sure, look at the three of us. <laughs> 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 On that note, very rapid, quite dirty. Thanks a million as always. Thanks, Kevin. Cheers. Thanks.